So tonight I'm going to continue with a series I started, and it's called What's Your Advantage? What's Your Advantage? And I just think we've got to remind ourselves when God gets involved in our lives, we might feel we're disadvantaged. Maybe you've come from another nation living in Germany, you've called it home and you want to move your life forward here, but you feel like you're disadvantaged because you can't speak the language. Who said that's true? I completely understand. Often we feel disadvantaged and we can let it get on top of us and we can let it cause us to pull back in life. And yet when God gets involved, and if you ever read the Bible, if you ever get a chance to open it up and to start to read through it, you'll find that time and time again, God is the God who takes disadvantaged people and he turns the disadvantage into absolute advantage. Just one story that is about disadvantage becoming advantage is the story of David and Goliath. David was a young, skinny little boy, and he was fighting a mat- in a battle against a huge giant. The giant had armor and spears and military trained and fierce and mighty. And so David looked disadvantaged. He had no armor. He had a little stone and a sling, a little stone and a sling against the might and the fierceness of one of the mightiest warriors the Philistines had. His name was Goliath. And so when they stood face to face, it looked like David was disadvantaged and it looked like Goliath was advantaged. It looked like he had the upper hand and It kind of, I guess, if you want to turn it into a more up-to-date one, you could look at the World Cup and say, Croatia and France. No one responding, okay. (laughs) I was hoping for Croatia because uh, they've never done it, but never mind, they'll have to go back and figure it all out again, like the Germans, like the English, like the Swiss, (laughs) like all of the teams. Like the Colombians. But I want you to think about this disadvantage. Everything that was considered David's disadvantage, God turned it around and used it as his advantage. David had no armor, Goliath had lots of armor. And so what happened in this situation is David, because he had no armor, he was quick to move. Goliath had lots of armor. He was slow to move. All David had was a sling and a stone. And maybe you're here tonight and you don't have much in life. All you've got is a sling and a stone. But you've got to remember we're talking about God who takes disadvantaged people, little things, small things, don't have much going for me, not really cool enough, good looking enough, smart enough, intelligent enough. But God gets a hold of people that feel like they're disadvantaged and He turns it around and He does only what He can do. And I want to talk to you tonight about the power of understanding your advantage. You have an advantage. An advantage is simply this. What are you willing to do that no one else is willing to do? Already, you will be an advantage. 
And so these are the things that I want to share with you tonight, just simply understanding. And there's a great verse in Matthew chapter 7. It's in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7. It says, here is a simple rule of thumb, a guide of behavior. Jesus is speaking and he says, ask yourself, what do you want people to do for you? Then take the advantage and do it for them. Add all of God's law and prophets and this is what you get. In other words... What do you want people to do for you? Then take the advantage and do it for them. We seem to, I don't know, live in a way that we kind of want everyone to do it for us first. We want them to initiate, want someone else to do it. And God's trying to help us understand, listen, you may not feel like you got a lot. You might not, you, all you probably got is a, a stone and a sling. But with me, watch where I can put that stone. With me, watch how I can help you turn your disadvantage into an advantage. And I'm just saying tonight, for all of us in the room, there's probably something that we would consider a disadvantage. And I'm encouraging you tonight to see it the way God sees it. And what you're talking down, God wants to talk up. What you're pulling down, God wants to lift up. What you're saying is too small, God is saying perfect. I love small beginnings. Is there any faith in the room tonight? Is there any believers in the room tonight? Well, think about what is it that you keep pulling down that God wants to keep lifting up? I'm not smart enough. I'm not big enough. I'm not tall enough. Everyone else seems to be a better designer. I'm not really that good. Everyone else seems to be better at drawing. I'm not that good. And everyone else seems to sing and I can't sing. And I guess there's no hope for me. And I don't know. I can't even dance. But I want you to know that God takes these things that we pull down and he says, I'm going to lift that up. He can take someone who lacks confidence and help them to navigate and get to a place where, oh my goodness, it had to be God. Maybe you feel like you're too shy and at school, you're you're the last person to step up. You're the last person to step up and do things and you always want to hide and you always want to pull back and... I don't know what it is about your story that causes you to do that, but God can take a shy person and turn him into someone that is absolutely confident to the glory of God. And you've got to let his spirit work in you. You've got to understand God is a God of the advantage. He takes disadvantaged people and he helps them to see it differently. It's about a new mentality. It's about thinking differently, seeing things differently. And so these are the things he says, take the advantage And do it. And our faith is a doing faith. If you're a believer in this room tonight and you've put your faith and your trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're not called to sit and and do nothing. You're called to do something. You're called to rise up. You're called to move forward. You're called to absolutely be proactive with your faith. There's nothing passive about Christianity. There is nothing passive about a believer, a follower of Jesus. You're moving forward. Maybe it's slow, but you're moving forward. You're getting water baptized. You're getting filled with the Holy Spirit. You're running to the house of God. You're getting a new Bible. You're writing in there. You're highlighting everything because you're just like, wow, 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 wow. Anybody like that in this place? Man, I found out, I got a Bible, I got a highlighter, and I read some Bible verses, and I'm like, oh my goodness. And I highlighted the whole chapter. And then I had to start again and get a different highlighter to highlight the words within the highlight. 
but you're moving forward. I can't sing, but I joined the choir. They let me in. It's ridiculous. You're not called to be a passive believer. You're called to be active, proactive, moving forward, stepping out, trusting God. Why do you need God if you're not going to step out? Listen, you don't need God to sit on a seat. You don't need God to do nothing. To do something, you need God. And to do something that is extraordinary. I pray tonight that there's dreams inside of people in this room, a kind of dream that you need God to see that dream fulfilled, a God-honoring dream, a culture-defying dream, a heaven-grabbing attention dream. Joyce and I got a dream in our heart for building a church in this city. And if I told you the number, you could possibly laugh at me. Sometimes I laugh at me, but I'm not going to lay down the dream. And I tell you now, if I told you, it would... Honestly, it's like I need God for that to become a reality. Right now, just to believe God to start a service in Kreuzberg and Neunkern and in Charlottenburg. I tell you what, you need God to do that kind of stuff because we've been trying and it's just not working. But we're not going to give up. We're going to believe God and we're going to keep moving forward. All we got is a stone and a little sling right now. But you know what God did with that stone? He slapped it right in the head and the forehead of Goliath. And I want you to know that's the kind of story of faith that we're talking about tonight. So what I want to do is I want to give you some perspective tonight. Verses that can frame your life. Bible verses that define us as a church. Bible verses that can define your life and your future. And there's seven verses that I want to share with you tonight that will help you to understand your advantage. And it's a simple one, but it's the first one I'm going to read out to you tonight. And that is Psalm 100, verse 1 to 3. It says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. This is the first thing I want you to know. If you want to really have an advantage in life, then serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. It's such a simple verse here in Psalm 100 verse 2, but I love what it says, and I believe it can define your life, and it's defining my life. It's defining our church, and that is we are going to serve the Lord with gladness. Why is that an advantage? Why? Because there's a lot of people who are not serving the Lord at all. Or if they are serving the Lord, they're not doing it with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. I don't have to do it. I want to do it. No one's making me. I just believe that I can because of the help of the Holy Spirit, because of the love of God. I'm absolutely motivated. His love for me is all the motivation I need to get going and do something with the life that He's given me. Amen? Don't let your culture slow you down. You're, listen to me. I don't care what nation you're from in this room. You're a believer before that nation. Well, I'm German. You're a Christian. Well, I'm, I'm a Christian then. And uh, then I'm Bavarian, then I'm a German. Stop it. Don't play games. You're just a Christian and thank God if you're... Don't be, don't be embarrassed about the nation of your birth. I told my wife and my kids, I was born in Northern Ireland and I'm loyal to the soil. I said, when I die, I want my bones in the soil. 
take my bones back to Ireland. That's the kind of response I got with my family. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But don't be ashamed about what you come from. You're born in Albania, to God be the glory. You're born in Greece, to God be the glory. If you're born in Turkey, to God be the glory. If you're born in the USA, <laughs> to God be the glory. Don't be like that now. Come on. You're born in Canada, to God be the glory. If you're born in Germany, to God be the glory. If you're born in Saxony, to God be the glory. You're born in Stuttgart, don't be ashamed. It's awesome. But you have to understand, if you want to live a life of advantage, I guarantee if you choose to live this kind of life, serving the Lord with gladness. In other words, I don't have to do it. I want to do it. You will already be at an advantage. And I want you to understand that. It's about making a decision. I'm going to serve the Lord with gladness. These are one of the values of our house. This is one of the things that defines us. And I'm encouraging you tonight to think about it. Are you willing to serve the Lord with gladness? Maybe you've never even started. Well, we've all got to start somewhere. Maybe tonight's the starting point for you. But you're going to serve the Lord with gladness. And I guarantee if you will choose to serve the Lord with gladness, you will find that yourself in an advantage. It will position you. It's kind of like no one... If no one wants to do this, I'm going to do this. If no one wants to serve the Lord, I'm going to serve the Lord. Maybe you're the only kid at school who wants to serve the Lord. Well, again, turn it into an advantage. Don't cry about it. Don't be a crybaby about it. Turn it into, well, God, I'm, I'm the only one, but do something with me in Jesus' name. And I'm telling you, God takes sometimes the most significant, insignificant things and sometimes people that feel the weakest and the most timid and the most afraid, and he puts his spirit inside them and he just whispers into their heart that they can do it to the glory of God. And I want you to know tonight, are you going to serve the Lord with gladness? And it will put you in advantage. Another thing that I believe that will put us in an advantage is serve the Lord with enthusiasm. Serve the Lord with enthusiasm. Be enthusiastic in your walk with God. I mean, sometimes you walk around, some people are like, you know, I love the Lord, but it's really hard to tell. I love my wife. It's really hard to tell. I mean, it should be obvious that I love my wife, Joyce. It's not obvious. Is it obvious? But this is what it says in Romans chapter 12. It says, as brothers and sisters in Christ, let us have a genuine affection for one another. A willingness to let the other person have the credit. Let us not allow slackness to spoil our serving and let us keep the fires of the Spirit burning as we do our work enthusiastically for God. Base your happiness on your hope in Christ. When trials come, endure them patiently, steadfastly, and maintain a habit of prayer. I love that. Enthusiastically. Are you sitting next to a person who's enthusiastic? Could you be enthusiastic about serving the Lord? Elliot was enthusiastic about asking Debbie to marry her. I was enthusiastic when I asked Joyce to marry me. But I want to ask you, are you serving the Lord with enthusiasm? Are you serving the Lord with enthusiasm? 
I think it's a great question to ask because I'll, I'll tell you straight up, if you want to live a life of advantage, then start serving the Lord with enthusiasm because I tell you what, there's not that many people are doing it. And I'm telling you, all you've got to do is just start serving the Lord with enthusiasm. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. Are you going to do it? And if you're going to do it, guess what? You'll start leading in life and it won't be a matter of time before someone else is following your example and they'll come along and they'll start serving the Lord. And that's why we have a church here in Berlin called Hillsong Berlin because there's a whole group of people now serving the Lord enthusiastically. <laughs> serving the Lord enthusiastically. Serving the Lord enthusiastically. Well, they're not responding to that. So I try to give a few hints and a few mild suggestions, but no response. So we'll move on. But I trust that you'll understand the simplicity of this. Is there any enthusiasm in your life? Is there anything that's inside of you that's causing you to be enthusiastic? I'm always curious about people and I don't know a lot about a lot of things, but when I meet someone, I always want to know what is it that gets them going. I always want to know what flicks their switch. And, 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 and so, you know, if you meet someone who loves golf, I don't particularly like golf. I think it's the most boring thing ever in the world, but hey, you know. But, but my dad's a golfer, so I know a little bit about golf. And so if I meet someone who loves golf, I'll start talking about golf. Now, obviously, I don't know much, but you watch what that person does when they've got someone else, a captive audience, now talking about the things they love. <gasps> really? All you've got to do it is just talk about a movie that someone loves. Oh, I love that movie too. Oh, don't you like it when they did? Oh, oh. I don't know about you, but it's not, hard. it's not hard to show enthusiasm when it comes to people. Tell me your dream. On, on Thursday this week, we had this wonderful presentation uh, called the, the Leadership Summer School, and people were showing enthusiastically their ideas and their dreams, and there was a whole lot of enthusiasm in the room, and I'm telling you, it's contagious. What would our schools look like if there was a spirit of enthusiasm? Enthusiastic about football, where well, we just saw that in the World Cup. We just saw that. And I just want you to know, if you want to live a life of advantage, serve the Lord with enthusiasm. Why? Because there's a lot of people that don't serve the Lord with enthusiasm. They serve with drudgery. They serve with misery. They serve with depression. And I want you to know, you're not called to be depressed and you're not called to be negative about the things of God. It's a joy to serve the Lord. Serve Him with gladness. Serve with enthusiasm. Here's another one for you. Serve the Lord with your gifts and with your talents. Corinthians chapter 12 says this, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but they all come from the same spirit. There are different ways to serve the same Lord and we can each do different things. Let the same God works in all of us and helps us in everything we do. Each person is given their gift by the spirit that they may make the most of it, that they may make the most of it that they will make the most of it. How many people in this room have been gifted by God? Well, my question is, are you making the most of that God-given gift? You're gifted. Come on, say it with me. I'm gifted. 
You're incredibly gifted. But what's your advantage? What is your advantage? I'm going to use the God-given gift, and I'm going to use it to His glory by serving others. If He gave you a voice, and you can sing, why would you not want to use your gift for the glory of God? No, I'm going to use it for Sony and for Capital Records. I'm going to use it for all the industry. and all. Okay, great. They'll just make money of you and squeeze you and squeeze you till there's nothing left. How do you think Michael Jackson died? Well, he killed himself. Yeah, but how do you think Amy Whitehouse died? Avicii, a young DJ, unbelievable gift, dead, gone, finished, over, life hadn't even begun. But they squeezed him. And they made more money. And they made another million. And they made another million. And they made another million. And they sold another record. And they made another million. And now he's dead. Don't sit here and, well, pastor's not hitting me tonight. I don't care if I'm hitting you. You've got bigger issues if that's your attitude. If you want a good advantage in life, get rid of your stupid attitude that pulls you down and pulls God's potential on your life. Fix that bad attitude and you'll be surprised. And now you've got a bad attitude because I've said, fix your attitude. And that's your problem. Turn to someone and say, fix that attitude. (laughs) Fix that attitude. Are you willing to serve the Lord with your gifts? Are you willing to serve the Lord with your gifts? Are you willing to serve the Lord with your gifts? Are you good with numbers? Are you good with logistics? Are you good at finding solutions to difficult problems? Are you good at setting up? Are you good at pulling down? Are you good with the lights? Are you good with creativity? Are you good with people? Are you good with remembering names? (laughs) Everyone in this room has got beautiful God-given gifts. Can you cook? You can change the world with a cooking gift. We all need you. Maybe you've just belittled your gift. Imagine if David had just said, Ah, it's just a stone. It's just a stone. It's just a stone. It's just a sling. He's bigger. I'm smaller. He's mighty, I'm nothing. He's huge, I'm small. Listen to the way you're speaking. You gotta stop that. You gotta stop that nonsense. You're not getting that from God. You're not getting that from the Word. You're not getting that from the house of faith. You're not getting that from the promise of God. You're getting that from culture. You're getting that from the way you were brought up. You're getting that up from negative voices. You gotta shut that door. You gotta shut that voices. You gotta speak God's potential over your life. I'm serving the Lord with that small gift. But that small gift is gonna change the world. That small gift is going to put dinner on families who've just had a new baby. That small gift is going to help people struggling with sicknesses at hospitals. That small gift of remembering names is going to feel, make people feel at home. 
That small gift of a glorious voice that God has given you has to start somewhere and you can do it to the glory of God. Whitney Houston started in the house of God and when she left the house of God, they took everything from her and tragically her life went downhill too. Listen, if God's called you to be an entertainer, honestly do it, but do it to the glory of God. But don't think you can survive out there without the family of faith. You want to be a filmmaker, an actress, or an actor, or some big movie person? Knock yourself out, but you will not survive because no one does. The temptations are too much. I want you to know, you're going to serve the Lord with your gifts. It will be your advantage. I'm going to serve the Lord with all of my heart. Colossians chapter 3 says this, who are your employee you who are employees obey your employer work hard for them all the time I'd love to see a few of you highlight that bit I'd love you to circle that one work hard for them all the time come on say it with me all the time I know it's painful but come on God will heal you all the time not just when they are watching you Work for them. This is in the Bible. Trust me. Colossians chapter 3, verses 22 to 23. Hopefully it's on the screen. Work for them as you would for the Lord. Because you honor God. Whatever work you do, do it with all your heart. Do it for the Lord and not for man. When I do this, I do it with all my heart. When I play football, I play with all my heart. When I kiss my wife. No reservation. She complains it's not long enough. She wants me to kiss longer. Awkward. You're going to drive a scooter? Do it all the way. You're going to serve the Lord, serve with all your heart. Not half-hearted, nothing worse, nothing worse than a believer half-hearted. You want to be in a relationship with a half-hearted person? Sorry, the visuals aren't that good tonight, but I'll improve next week. Imagine if the team sung half-hearted. I'm not a dancer, but when I went to go to the clubs, I, <laughs> I danced with all my heart. Techno clubs, electronic. house. Hey, it was the 90s. Didn't need drugs. I just want you to know, if you're serving Jesus, could you serve Jesus with all your heart? 
Don't be half-hearted in serving him. What's my advantage? To serve Jesus with all my heart. Serving the Lord is better than serving yourself. Psalm 84 verse 10. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather serve as a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. Better to serve God than serve yourself. You know, if you want to live your advantage, start serving God and not yourself. You know, so many people are serving themselves, but would we kind of be the people that would serve God? Serve God through medicine? Serve God through tech? Serve God through entrepreneur? Serve God through innovation? Serve God through design? Serve God through creativity? Serve God through music? Serve God through all sorts of amazing things? But don't serve yourself. Number six, serve the Lord prepares you for life. Serving in God's house prepares you for life. Psalm 27 verse four, one thing that I ask of the Lord, the thing that I seek the most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, being strengthened by His presence and guided by His wisdom, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. If you wanna have an advantage in life, then realize Serving the Lord in God's house will prepare you for life. Where did you learn that? In God's house. Where did you learn to be a great dad? In the house of God. Where did you learn to be a great husband? In the house of God. Where did you learn to be a leader in life? In the house of God. Where did you learn to get that mentality? In the house of God. Where did you get that spirit of faith? In the house of God. Where did you get that attitude? In the house of God. Where did you get that enthusiasm? In the house of God. Where did you get that motivation? Oh, I love your energy. In the house of God. And the final one, number seven, serving the Lord takes a different spirit. Numbers 14, 13, Caleb had a different spirit. Caleb had a different spirit. Caleb had a different spirit. Let your advantage be, I got a different spirit. You go back to work tomorrow, what spirit have you got? Same old, same old. Hate this job. Hate the boss. Hate what I do. Don't like this life. Looking out the window, dreaming about someone else's green grass. Well, I want you to know that the grass you water will be green. Have you got a different spirit? God did not give you a lazy spirit. He didn't give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of love, of strength, a love and an overcoming spirit. He gave you a strong spirit. He gave you a spirit that can overcome a spirit that can face adversity and still come through. A spirit that is a spirit that can glorify God. Caleb had a different spirit. If you want to live an advantage in life, you've got to have a different spirit. When everyone else is negative, you can actually be the one that has a different spirit. Are you willing to have a different spirit? 
Are you willing to live your life serving God with a different spirit? I want to have a generous spirit. I want to be a person that has a different spirit. When everyone is jealous, I want to be the first one to say thank you. I want to be the first one to say you sang amazing tonight. I want to say that I want to be the first one to congratulate you. Man, imagine that. You know, when you've got a different spirit and maybe you're a, you're a single girl and you got your eye on a certain young man and, and one of your friends beats you. Well, when you've got a different spirit, you don't want to kill her. I'm just trying to help people practically, you know. I just thought that might come a bit closer to home today. But a different spirit is the first one to go up and I'm happy for you both. I haven't really quite got a different spirit like Pastor Mark said, but I'm getting there. I'm happy for you both. No, but someone gets the job and you wanted the job. A different spirit says, you know what? Congratulations. Congratulations. But have you got a different spirit? Do you want a different spirit? Do you want to be negative? Or do you want to be positive? Do you want to be like Christ? Do you want to have a different spirit? Do you want to come into a room and have a different attitude? Because you can. That's what the Spirit of God is all about. He comes into our lives and He changes us. He takes fearful, timid, insecure people and He puts His Spirit inside of us. He takes shy people and He says, Hey, that's not who you are. I've called you to shine. I've called you to do something that maybe no one else believes you can do it. But let God be God in your life. Let Him be God and let Him take you to places you never thought you can go.